Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 22nd of November with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 360. Hope you're all healthy, doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 32 days until Christmas, six tops on, seven a short while ago. Long John's tracksuit bottoms, underwear also. I wish the flat was as warm as uh, my bottom half. Definitely colder the last couple of days and a reminder for me just how cold this flat is in winter. Just feeling a bit bunged up. I'm taking all sorts of uh, prescription drugs, which I can't spell. It's uh, 09, 10 hours early record today. I prepped the show yesterday, actually, because I've got a really busy Day. That, that, that's the problem at the moment. Mondays are full on and Tuesdays is the dead day for me. I, I really did struggle last Tuesday. I made the decision to stay in and save money and in hindsight uh, a bit of a mistake in terms of how I was feeling by the end of the day. Once I get to the afternoon, to Tuesday afternoon and I still haven't gone out, then I just uh, I tell myself, look, just see the day out, close the day out. If you want to go and lie down and just have a break from everything, do it. Tomorrow, start again. The cafe will reopen and uh, just write today off. But it's not a, not something I want to be doing long term, having a, a nothing day. It is worse than a Sunday right now or a Monday when it's raining. So a bit under the weather the last few days with some bug, a lot of it going around and uh, feeling quite tired creatively looking forward to um, today it's important to remember the things that you do like doing and I'm looking forward to this afternoon I'm entitled to an extra coffee or a free coffee in the cafe so I'm gonna be having three and try and have a two and a half hour writing session still working on the uh, short film draft I just tend to find it difficult to cut things I don't find it difficult to cut things in terms of being ruthless with the material But I'm that kind of writer where it can take me quite a while. I go through lots of drafts. I like, as I've said many times, going to the cafe. The first hour is just working with uh, the the printed script and then I get on the laptop and just start editing. I, I do love that. But at the same time, at some point, this needs to be made, unlikely to be made now before Christmas, which is going to be disappointing. I don't think that's down to me being slow to to finish this i just think it's the um the covid situation now the numbers my uh, director of photography is uh, he's currently uh, lying low the space daddy vulnerable doesn't want to be mixing at the moment so uh, i've got to uh, respect that hopefully once he has his booster once i have my booster we can get this thing moving i've actually just uh, booked my booster now for next week I think it's uh, next Thursday Thursday week would be easier to say Thursday week at uh, my old local pharmacy 
just wanted to do it on a day that wasn't going to mess up my schedule, so they had morning appointments available for that day. Had uh, Monday afternoon as well, but Mondays are so full on right now, I just thought, well, I can wait an extra three days. And uh, yeah, I'm not panicking about whatever bug I've got or had. Um, I think I started to feel just a little, not unwell, but aware that I was... um, feeling a bit under the weather from about midweek but it's been pretty much like that in the cafe just seeing people at the moment struggling with coughs and this is it these things were around before covid they're going to be around now coexisting with covid overshadowed by covid no need to panic i've got the um i'm so bad with acronyms lateral flow test yeah i've got ltfs no lfts see what i mean i get confused i've got uh a couple of boxes of LFTs to take if I ever suspect I've got it again. I think the telltale sign for me now that I've had it once would be when I lose the sense of smell. That really is what marks it out as distinctive. Also weird taste, but I've had that before with sleeping pills. But it's looking back, it is the bizarre disappearance of your ability to smell uh, smell any anything and... I think that would set alarm bells ringing. I think that's the only way I'd be able to tell that I've, I've, I've got something because I was completely unaware last time. Hence, I think my uh, R-rate was uh, spectacularly high that week. Had a weekend where I've been trying to chase a couple of interviews for uh, when shorts were short. I had to sign up to the Sabucho, uh, the official Sabucho forum uh, late last week in order to try and get one big guest I want to get is quite hard t- to reach and uh, I haven't had my I just had a physiotherapy appointment come through on the phone let me just quickly check that this is something actually this reminds me I want to talk about this because I've now got those running leggings I'm trying to work out how I do this this is for the shoulder I've got uh, an hour-long session in the mornings now from this Thursday onwards, and I'm wondering how how I'm going to get there. There's the voice going. So they said, look, wear some gym gear because you're going to be sweating. Well, I'm thinking, okay, so am I going to go there, then come back, and then go to the cafe? How's that going to work? Am I going to be... Is the sweating going to be reasonable? Will my roll-on deodorant be enough to make me okay to go into the cafe? without looking like I've come in or smelling like I've come in without showering. Um, Trying to work this out. I'm not going to be running to the physios, although that would be a good run. I think it'd be interesting to be pretty flat run as well, but I'd have to run through Brixton. That's pretty busy and that's the problem with street running. But am I going to wear my winter coat on top of the leggings that's just going to be a really strange look uh, I also it might be an idea to deposit a pair of jeans at my aunt's use that as a stop off for the cafe I don't know how I'm going to do this I've never had to go to these kind of sessions and I've never really been one who had gym gear you know I always I was either swimming or playing football really or, or badminton but you know point being I never went to exercise classes I never did any of that so uh, I'm not sure how this uh, works back to the Sabujo forum I've registered haven't had my email to validate my account so I'm stuck there with an account that I've created that I I can't use I've raised this on Twitter and it is a known problem that they're very slow to validate 
validate new members. They may not even come back to me at all now at this stage. It's uh, four or five days in since I registered. So I can't reach this guy that way. So I was on Twitter trying to work out what's going on because I do feel that most of that Sabucho community, the custodians, the gatekeepers who have done so much to revive Sabucho in the last few years, they're not actually very easy to talk to, a lot of them. And I admire anyone who doesn't build their life around social media. I genuinely do. But I think when you're a gatekeeper, when you're, say, a writer, and these guys, some of them have have produced books, when you're sitting on all that knowledge, I think you have a duty to share it, to be open about it, to help it grow, because that interest in Sabucho isn't always going to be there. There's one guy who runs a brilliant Sabucho website, and He will not consent to an interview. Fine, I respect that. But what really irks me is that he will say in his email, he'll make a big point about celebrating how he doesn't engage with social media, how it's not his thing. And I just, it reminds me of the anti-vaxxers. You try to respect their standpoint. It's not mandatory. You make a choice. It's going to affect your circles, your social circles probably, but you don't want to get vaccinated, fine. I don't agree with it, but I I respect your decision. But they don't necessarily respect your decision to get vaccinated and they don't stop telling you about their various conspiracy theories. That's how I find some of these Sabucho guys who make a big point of telling you, yeah, I don't do social media, uh, social media, et cetera, et cetera. Well, meantime, you've created this fantastic website You're a font of knowledge. Your name is out there as being the ultimate font of knowledge for table football. But you don't want to do any of this stuff. And the tone of your email suggests that you turn your nose at it. That doesn't really work for me. Anyway, point is someone on Twitter then said, look, okay, this particular guest that you want to reach, they're also on eBay selling stuff. This is their eBay alias try and reach them on there so I did and I got a response I made a point of saying look I've, I've managed to get your details via Twitter I'm the host of this football show retro football show I'd like to get you on um, how do I do that how do I contact you the problem with eBay is you're, you're not able to give out any contact details so I tried that and I tried to be creative you know uh, sticking the at sign in brackets well just spelling at at and dot uh, dot and eBay pulls you up on it twice, and right now eBay sales might be keeping me afloat, so I can't uh, risk having my account restricted. And this guy came back to me, yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, I know you're not on Twitter. I've, I've just told you that in my preamble. This is why I'm contacting you via this unusual way on eBay. I'm trying to work out how I can get in touch with you. It's just all around the houses for these guys. It would be probably, I don't think it would have been as difficult for uh People back in the day, Americanism there, um, you know, the, say, people working on Parkinson's shows, trying to get uh, big Hollywood stars on their shows. I think they probably would have had a a tougher time trying to get some of these Sabucho guys on their shows. Just listening out, it's coming up to, well, it's 09.20, but the last two Mondays previous to this, I've had the parakeets outside the window on the tree outside the building. And I was just curious as to whether they'd be back today, because then I'd be thinking, well, these really, like me, are creatures of habit. They've got a routine. Why would they come back to the same tree? But right now, I can't hear them. I don't want to hear them because I find them annoying as well. And also, I've never seen them outside of the park, so it was just very curious to be hearing them outside 
this building with their distinctive bird song. Uh, let's move on to books. Who knows, before this show is done, they may be back. Oh, that was a couple of hard swallows there. Books. I returned Stray Souls, which I started to read last week. I'm not wasting time with books that don't grab me within the first 50 or 100 pages. That's what I've decided. I've got to enjoy the book. So I return that, I think that was to Wandsworth Library or Lambeth Library. I can't remember. I think it was Lambeth. I'm reading The Doll Factory now, hardback, unfortunately. Elizabeth McNeil, really good book, really enjoying it. I tried to see if there was a paperback in stock. I had to start reading it now because it's not renewable after the 27th. I think I'm going to make that date comfortably because it is a, a real page turner. Very enjoyable. Echoes of John Fowles, or Foles, uh, The Collector, which I've read. The blurb says the intoxicating story of one woman's dream of freedom in Victoria and England and the man whose obsession threatens to destroy them forever. A sharp, scary, gorgeously evocative tale of love, art and obsession. London 1850, this is the outline. London 1850, on a crowded street, the dollmaker Iris Whittle meets the artist Louis Frost. Louis is a painter who yearns to have his work displayed in the Royal Academy and he is desperate for Iris to be his model. Iris agrees on the condition that he teaches her to paint. Dreaming of freedom... Iris throws herself into a new life of art and love. Unaware that she has caught the eye of a second man, Silas Reed is a curiosity collector, enchanted by the strange and beautiful. After seeing Iris at the site of the great exhibition, he finds he cannot forget her. As Iris's world expands, Silas's obsession grows, and it is, and it is only a matter of time before they meet again. It's a, it's a you know heavier book, obviously being a. Uh, hardback so I'm having to take the Kindle with me rather than the Doll Factory hardback when I'm traveling just because my bag is packed with all my writing stuff and the laptop so I'm taking the Kindle and got a couple of ebooks well books that I'm reading on there I'm reading something uh, I won't give you the specific title because it's not good to um, run down work uh, it's called the Bourbon Ripper something like that not great I think it's self-published as I, I've spotted the one or two errors one or two typos also i think it's a uk writer though it's set in new orleans uh, orleans i can never say that new orleans and the return of a serial killer or a copycat killer the bourbon ripper i say it's a uk writer that's my suspicion because one of the characters says piss off and i recently heard an american podcast with a host were doing an impression of an english person saying piss off they seem to think it's a british thing as i do so i think that for me was a bit of a giveaway i think it's a british author and it's just not a very good book i do struggle with the kindle in that i like to know where i am in a book it gives you the percentages you know 11 12 13 percent but i'd rather see the pages and because i'm such a pedant i start counting how many e-pages I'm turning before the percent icon in the bottom, I think it's the bottom right corner, changes. And I don't think that's the way to uh, enjoy a book. I think there is a place for Kindles, i.e. if you're traveling heavy, they're, they're great. It's always disappointing for me when I have to read a book on there, especially a book that I'd rather have uh, as a paperback. Running on Friday. I'm going to be running after this. I'm hoping to get out there before midday. As I said, I'd like to be in the cafe by 1400 hours today. And there's so much to do with this uh, show, with the editing and uploading it and all that. It's an absolute pain. But uh, I'm hoping to just do a, a 6K before uh, 
uh, heading out uh, for the write-in later. I did 18.5k on Friday, so that's my... I think that might be a PB. I went out there with nothing in mind, really, bearing in mind how overconfident I'd been the previous week. My first lap was really good. I took advice and I tried to slow down. In the end, it was one of those weird things again where I found that my pace was pretty similar to the previous week, even though I'd made a real effort to to slow down, take things easy. I felt very good on the first lap. The third lap, it always seems to be lap three where I have a problem, which is strange because, as I say, I'm doing the same laps. And uh, I had a headlight with me, more of that later. Um... I didn't have any water, which it's possible I, I might need to change that. I also I was chewing two of the last block chews that uh, Mickey had given me. I think they might have had an adverse effect. I, I'd been warned about that, but I seem to recall being okay the previous week. So I don't know if it was the chews or the lack of water. I put a call out on Twitter trying to get some advice because I don't want to feel like I did on Friday evening again. I came in for the second Friday in a row, really fatigued, nauseous. And just the little I've been told, the little I've read is that after, I think, 15K, around eight miles, your your body, you know, it, it's uncharted territory for me. So this is something where it starts to get a bit serious and you can't really wing it as I do. You need to understand the signs of these things as I don't. So... I'll be a bit wary this Friday. I'm going to have to start taking my running water. I've got one of those ergonomic water bottles. As you know, I find it very hard to run with anything in my hands. And I see people who look like more experienced runners than me, or at least they look like it because they've got all the right gear. And they'll be running with these water bottles. And they don't look like they're running freely. And I think that will be a problem for me it's going to take a while to get used to if I'm going to be doing it on a long distance I don't need to do it for anything under 10k but for um, for these uh, big runs it might be I need to do it because I got home I had to start drinking some sparkling water and I just wasn't feeling right and I was starting to worry because I'm thinking okay this is the second week in a row obviously at the moment I'm doing something wrong and my body is reacting badly to these big runs and did a bit of work, did my warm down, went into the shower, had a shower, and then I made the mistake, probably, I mean, I was hungry, but I made the mistake of eating when I wasn't feeling well. Then about 20 minutes later, I started to feel like I was, you know, the nausea was going to the next stage where I was starting to heave and it's very unusual for me to to vomit sit you know and I'm glad because I find it really difficult some people can just stick their fingers down their throat as I've told you I think many times before I'm not one of those people and also I can't vomit with clothes on at least uh you know the top half or so I thought I was in the kitchen and what was I doing? I That was it. I was trying to find some nausea tablets that I'd been given recently for the vertigo issue that struck me down back in October. And I had my glasses on trying to read among the various drugs, which was the one for the vertigo, which were the correct ones, because initially I'd been given the wrong ones. And then I realized, well, this is going to have to wait. You know, I'm not going to make this. I need to go to the bathroom now. Didn't have time to take my tops off and my chest was just shaking. The first one I didn't, you know, without going into specifics, it wasn't great. 
but I knew I couldn't leave the bathroom by now. I was just too sick. And then that next moment really hurt my chest. You know, it was quite violent. And thankfully, that was it. I, I didn't feel great on Saturday morning either. But the point is, I don't want to experience this. But clearly, I think this is associated with a running now that I'm doing over 15. Okay, there's clearly something that happens after that that I need to address that is something that I've not experienced before. I've had this issue two weeks in a row now. So I'm a bit wary about Friday. Is it going to be enough to tackle it by sipping a bit of water? Not something... Uh, I'm going to find easy, but it's probably going to be the sensible stuff to the sensible approach. Should I leave the block shoes? Again, the block shoes are a multitasking thing. They're they're quite big as well. So they're in your mouth and they're, I don't find them that comfortable, but I'm prepared to try anything that, uh, that might work and might make things easier. I think I found it easier this week the second week to to deal with the block shoes but maybe I'm one of these people that you know those things just don't sit well within your body and that added to the nausea I don't know it will be uh, well be interesting for me to see what happens on uh, Friday evening Episode 360, Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at DanielRuizTyson.com. You've got the uh, the Patreon page that keeps this show returning, Patreon.com forward slash DRT available if you want to support and uh, help to keep alive this indie show. And if you can do, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and or any platform you download uh, the show from. Those are the two best ways to support the work. I know you guys get desensitized by the same message every week, but it needs to go out. All the big shows do it. If the big shows do it, the tiny shows have to do the same thing. This is about survival. Every show's the same. You do this, you spend the time, the hours, because you need to grow it. You hope it'll grow. You're like anybody else. You need to make money. You need to eat. You need to pay your bills. Excuse the repetition. As I say, it's a necessity down to uh, four tops now, sweating a bit. Lost uh, the two, uh, lost the fleece and the thick zip up uh, jumper that I've got. Let's move on to uh, nectar points. I think there's a big trip to the cafe uh, coming up. Right. The Sainsbury's, the nectar points bearing fruit at the minute, making some really good progress because uh, because I'm having to, you know, because I'm struggling. I'm having to buy and sell on eBay. I mean, I was selling on eBay before, not successfully, but I was selling stuff, but now I'm having to buy, speculating to accumulate, and I'm, you know, need to pay off bills, need to get some runaround money for the coffee and the riding sessions. The podcast doesn't get you the coffee money. There's no coffee money in podcasting. So I know the Star Wars action figures market really well. So I thought, well, it'd be Short-term pain, spending money on these figures, trying to sell them for a profit, see if I can work out some kind of cash flow, see it as some kind of investment. I don't know whether this is just a distraction. I don't know whether it's me making another mistake or whether there is genuinely some potential in this. I lost more auctions over the weekend than I won. I think I won three. I lost uh, on lost out on a couple that I was really keen to get because I think I could sell those figures for quite uh, a bit. 
So I'm making, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've basically that. That's also I, I see the fact that buying uh, buying on eBay, you get the extra nectar points because I'm having to buy more now because I'm buying you know job lots on eBay of Star Wars figures. You know, four or five Star Wars figures. I think they've got quite a few job lots on there. Not something I've really noticed before. But uh, it means I'm accumulating more nectar points. And I see that, well, okay, this is another positive of doing this if I can make it work because those nectar points come in and at some point it's going to get me to the 500 quicker. So uh, that works as well for me. So I think I earned 17 points on Star Wars action figure purchases. They haven't arrived yet. When they do, you know, I'll clean them up and uh, put them up on eBay and do a combination of auctions and and buy it now. 17 points earned via the eBay purchases. I'm not sure what my opening balance... So there's been a real jump, basically. I've got so many Sainsbury's receipts at the moment. So I'm going to give you my most recent trip, which was Friday, 19th of November. I'd gone in with a 441, so I think there was an eBay purchase on that. Also, yeah, I had to buy quite a bit the week before. Um... Bought some fabric conditioner, uh, hand wash, my go-to yogurt, uh, blueberries. I don't buy the uh, little blueberries anymore. They turn so quickly. Bought a couple of single oranges, banana. Uh, I think it was three bananas or five, actually, for 57p. I bought a, a, a pie, a cheap pie. Um, my total purchases came to 16 29 which uh, sounds quite high, but I haven't. Uh, I've admitted to tell you that I also bought some underwear on Friday. Next thing I need to address is the socks. Um, so previous previous points balance was four four one, earned sixteen points. New points balance four fifty seven. So my points are worth two twenty eight. So I think at the moment now I'm almost certain to reach the uh, magical five hundred mark before uh, Christmas there were a couple of those eBay auctions that I lost simply by just being too tight to go the extra mile half mile to to win a couple of uh, job lots I'm all, I'm pleased though that I'm not going crazy with this I'm pleased that I've taken a sensible approach and I've got I think 11 figures coming let's see what I can do with them before I see if there's going to be any money in this need to buy a new air freshener as well not because i've run out but because the current air freshener i have stirs unwanted memories of that uh, that steak a couple of months ago that stunk out the flat and scarred me forever I've, I've hardly had a steak since then and i think i associate now the the smell of that air freshener with the horrendous smell of the steak that stunk out the flat for about three days one weekend i was in asda on saturday morning as well i had a good riding session in the cafe on saturday uh, more on that shortly and again just to show how the mind works among the things that i picked up was a budget notepad i think a5 notepad which are really good in asda they're 60p i wanted to buy one to keep uh, to log all my ebay purchases in there and i got home and i didn't actually immediately realize this it was hours later i thought where's the notepad and I remembered because I don't know about you but in the COVID era I antibacterial wipe every single item that I buy and that you know I'm still doing that so I realized that when I antibacterial wiped everything that I'd got from Asda on Saturday morning I couldn't recall wiping down the notepad 
and I looked at the receipt and I looked at it again and sure enough it wasn't there but I do remember picking up the notepad this is um, I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's a stress thing but I'm just really increasingly forgetful right let me give you the Star Wars football results try to be a bit more organized this week okay Right, so there's one league game that was played on the 15th of November last Monday night. It was the battle of 7th versus 8th, X-Wing in 7th at home to Hoth. Hoth took the lead from uh, through Fu Manchu, one of the uh, Bespin security guards. This is the white guy with the Fu Manchu tash. And he was one of the, um, he was part of a job lot to action figure job lot Fu Manchu and the other Bespin security guard. I've got them both, but I wanted to buy them, see if I could sell them for a, for a profit. I, I missed out, but that was the one that I wanted to, that was the purchase that I wanted to make more than any other. He gave Hoth the lead and X-Wing replied through uh, two goals from uh, Joe Globy, their skipper. First one was a penalty on 19 minutes and then he got the winner five minutes from time so x-wing jump up to fifth i'll give you the uh, positions and points first place bespin looking to make it a second league title in four seasons they've all the teams have played nine uh, bespin are on 17 points skill difference of plus six empire they're on 14 points plus three. Tatooine, the defending league champions, bidding to become the first team to win three titles in a row. They're on 13 points. Goal difference plus two. Alderaan also on 13 points plus two. But they're fourth though into having scored six goals as opposed to Tatooine seven. X-Wing now in fifth place. They're on nine points. Goal difference minus one. Rebels on nine points. Goal difference minus five. Death Star on eight points minus four. Hoth bottom minus four. They're on six points what a disappointing season they're having onto the Europa League second leg games the second leg quarterfinals still not completed three games have been played though the first one I think UEFA will be disappointed will be concerned at the margin of victory Death Star 3-0 up from the first leg against Starkiller Base who exited the tournament last season without losing the game uh, they were put to the sword 8-0 by Death Star, that's the biggest win in European football history in Star Wars football. Uh, We don't want to see too many more of those games that will damage the uh, Europa League's credibility. In the next quarter final, Mos Eisley, last season's beaten finalists, travelled to Dagobah. They needed uh, an away goal because uh, Dagobah held them one all at Mos Eisley. Um, and uh, a, no, uh, a fortunate deflected goal off Kylo Ren, the substitute, gave Mos Eisley a brilliant 1-0 win and they progressed to the semi-finals. Last night, uh, Yavin 4, there's the voice going, Yavin 4 travelled to EOS Prime. EOS Prime had won 3-1 at Yavin 4. It was a formality or so everybody thought by half-time. Yavin 4 were three goals up and uh, we're now in complete charge. Then a penalty from Prune Phase, five minutes from time, brought EOS Prime back into it. They were trading 3-1, but it was 4-4 on aggregate. Extra time was looming, and Yavin 4 reacted by bringing on the sub-medical droid who got a dramatic winner on 27 minutes, and Yavin 4 progressed 5-4 on aggregate. The remaining game, I think it's currently goalless. Let me just, yeah... It's, uh, that's my neighbour closing their cupboards, if you heard that. They do like to close a cupboard. 
It's uh, Umbaro versus Acto, 1-1 from the first leg. Acto are at home, so that game likely to be played tonight. And then the Europa League semi-final draw uh, will take place after that, right about 33 minutes into this show now, coming up to 09.43. Let's uh, start to wrap things up with uh, this week's visits to the cafe and the big news this week from sw8 i suppose for for seasoned watchers is that the mullet has lost the mullet kind of can't remember if that had happened before episode 359 i don't think it had the uh amputee a regular in my early days then for maybe 15 years became an irregular or maybe we just went to the cafe at different times but now in the covid era he's a regular again he's got uh roland orzabel caesar love hair you know frizzy hair well, I don't know if it's permed or natural very long hair great head of hair for a man of his age good looking guy very fashionable the trouser leg for the missing leg always immaculately folded held together I don't know how wears bright colors mid 50s probably I think and uh, like nearly every one of those uh, Portuguese adults are a smoker so he's always in and out of the cafe to have a smoke outside in terms of hygiene I, you know, if, say, him and I were friends, I think the problem for me would be asking him to remove his shoe when coming to the flat. That would be an issue because that's not going to be something he can do easily. But a bigger concern would be the crutches themselves because they're outdoors. They're going to sully everything. He's not going to bring indoor-specific crutches with him for visits. I suppose if we became friends, then I could buy him indoor crutches, leave them at mine for him to keep in the flat here for his visit. I'd just say, look, you're welcome to come round whenever you want, obviously hoping that he doesn't take me up on that. Just leave those crutches here if you're going to be coming round. And uh, I'd get him to leave his outdoor crutches in the hallway antechamber. Because otherwise, if he's coming in with those outdoor crutches, he may as well just keep his shoe on, you know? Last Monday afternoon... Different tall glass placement from the beard, something I picked up on. Obviously, he's done his homework. I can see now post-toilet table, um, he, he's assessed where I like my tall glass placed. I don't like the glass on the outer side of the table because I'm now facing the other way, whereas previously I was looking out towards the cafe. Right now, now from not mixed table, I've often got some action going on behind me and I've got action going on in front of me. But it means, you know, there's more there's more traffic where I'm sitting now. He made uh, the beard made a point of leaving my tall glass by the wall side. Impressive. A student of the table waiting. That really did impress me. Tuesday, as I touched on earlier, was a, a bad day. Stuck indoors, dreading tomorrow. Really am. Any plans I had to try something different in terms of uh, cafes were soon abandoned. You know, when I made that decision in the afternoon, seeing that opportunity to save money. But it did leave me gloomy and I don't want to feel like that again tomorrow. And, you know, Tuesdays right now are worse than Sundays and that's saying something. On Wednesday, 17th, 10, 15 hours, a welcome development as Phil Collins led on the How Are You? That was uh, that was nice. Nice to see that uh, she's making a, a, an effort. I was sat in the far corner on a four-seater by the retractable doors. No ventilation through uh, those doors, though they can be drafty because they are foldable doors. Posh guy came in around 10.45 hours with, uh, with an elderly woman 
who was wearing a striking velvet powder blue jacket. It was clear from the beginning that they had quite a combative relationship. The elderly woman, Miss Velvet Jacket, and the posh guy clearly didn't get on. I don't know whether he was a friend or a carer, but he called her by her name rather than mum, grand, auntie. It was Velvet Jacket this, Velvet Jacket that. Very adversarial between the pair, and she was giving it back. Both were talking very loud. I'm not stupid, you know, said Miss Velvet Jacket. The man clearly didn't want to be there. They were waiting for another group. The man was, uh, I think he was much younger than me, but he was a silver fox. His hair colouring had completely gone. Two more elderly people came along, a man not in great nick and an elderly woman, together with their carer, this young West African woman, dressed rather colourfully. Posh man complimented her on her outfit and her colourful hat. Miss Velvet Jacket praised her earrings. I like your earrings. I have a short neck. I can't wear those. Posh man chimed in, having commandeered another table for the carer, making it a six-seater. Normally the waiters will move the tables, but this guy just took, uh, made a decision off his own back. Yes, that's very true. He said, a long neck is a gracious neck. The world is your oyster, said Velvet Jacket. I'm not a big fan of the long neck myself. Ronaldo, Phoebe from Friends, uh, Lord Percy from Blackadder. It's one of those body parts you, you couldn't have surgery on to shorten if you didn't want the long neck. You, you, you'd be stuck with it for life. You'd have to wear certain types of shirts every time you're, say, shaving or brushing your teeth. This neck's going to be looking back at you. It's going to be reminding you every day for the rest of your life that you've got this long neck. So I don't quite buy that whole long neck is a gracious neck business. Posh man sat himself next to the carer who he was closer in age to. They were chatting, showing each other pictures on their phones under the table. Miss Velvet Jacket picked up on that. Are you doing a hanky-panky under the table? Posh man didn't like that. Do you know what hanky-panky is? Asked his adversary. I know what hanky-panky is, Miss Velvet Jacket. She was quite restless, the elderly woman. They'd ordered breakfast, eggs benedict, proving very popular in the pandemic era pandemic era even rebooted cafe the breakfast was slow in coming she went up to the bar i mean she was very busy she was just one of those people who had to get involved in everything she went up to the bar to take issue with seb k he assured her breakfast was on the way and sure enough within a couple of minutes uh, within a couple of minutes it was there the uh, the cafe chef has a B.O. problem. There's a young toddler brought into the cafe in the afternoons, comes in with a bunch of uh, women, including his mum, obviously. He's in a little buggy. He's got curly hair. The chef comes out to see his boy, and the body odour as he walks through the cafe is evident. He, he wears a vest, I'm assuming, because it's very hot in the kitchen. I'm just surprised that his wife maybe, you know, maybe doesn't mention it. Maybe drops off a deodorant for him. Could be a roll-on subtle. No one needs to know. There's going to be no spray in audio. And, uh, yeah, it's a couple of times now in the last couple of weeks that I've been hit by that B.O. as he walks past my table. Meanwhile, Argentina 78, he of the old school high shorts in the summer. He was in again talking to me about cryptocurrencies. He was at Notmix's table. I was hoping to nab it, but after finishing his coffee and urinating, Argentina 78, unusually for him, sat down and stayed put on his phone for an hour without ordering another drink. I think he was suddenly occupied with something that he probably felt he needed to address before he left the cafe. 
And uh, as he was leaving, he then got in very close to me, even though he was unwell. I mean, I wasn't that fussed because I was already not feeling great. I was back in the cafe later that afternoon, a rare double trip for me to have a coffee with Mickey Boyd. Let's just pause again, allow him to pull over in his cab and re-listen to my mentioning his full name. Mickey Boyd. He'll be smiling. He does love a mention. We had a... Uh, Mickey just dropped in for a quick coffee, dropped off a running light for me and some Bluetooth uh, earphones, which I'm struggling for earphones at the moment. So uh, they're they're good. They're not uh, ideal, say, for sleeping uh, if you sleep on your side, but for the late nights to, you know, watch news night and then listen to some stuff. They're really good. Obviously, um, I'm not great with these gadgets so i haven't used bluetooth in probably 15 years i had to work out how to how to pair the uh, earphones with the the phone and the ipad and uh, you know mickey was sending me a link it uh, comes to something when that guy is teaching you how to do something uh, digital friday man with woman's voice was in first he, he was having a coffee with not mick who i think is moving shortly Judging by his conversations, he's talking about all the things he needs to he needs to buy. Then, man with woman's voice left not mixed table. He began arguing with Morocco over electric bikes. Morocco's not a fan; he's an old school cyclist. I was sat in the far corner, a four seater. Four Germans came in and sat at the next table. When I'm when I'm sat at the four seater, I'm always aware that I might need to move if it starts to get really busy. But normally, I'm okay at the times that you know I tend to avoid the uh, the lunch hours if I can. And uh, the Germans came in, the parents with their 30-something son, prematurely graying with a young girlfriend he was clearly besotted with. The son looked a dead ringer for the new saint, Ian Ogilvy, down to the hairstyle and, and facially just a dead ringer for him. The dad looked slightly Neanderthal, deep furrows in his forehead, spoke brilliant English as Germans often do. They had an American tour guide coming in at some point I don't know where they met her and she obviously knew them she they were going I think to some museum or they they were going to Pimlico first and I think they might have been going to I don't know if it was a gallery the Tate something like that but she was telling them where they needed to meet what time they needed to meet they were catching a musical in the evening as well and she was breaking it all down for them Saturday morning I headed out for my early morning writing session I'd barely slept that night partly because of the nausea I left the flat around uh, 0730 hours I was first inside the cafe again I got not mixed uh, table nabbed that Seb K was opening up thought I'd test my Portuguese toast uh, portion theory I ordered some with my latte and indeed got a more generous helping of toast than from Phil Collins the previous week the downside was the bread was a little tough that's the downside of having Portuguese toast at that time of the morning. You know, normally in the past, the veteran waitress would pop out and she'd come back with the fresh bread by then. But uh, it looks like she's retired now, just does the odd cameo. Took me 35 minutes to work through the toast. The fresh bread clearly had yet to arrive. I still wasn't feeling too clever from the previous night's run. A man came in with uh, two young girls. They were next in after me, ordered coffee chocolate milkshakes for the girls and kinder eggs also for them i loved kinder eggs 
as a kid. Not the chocolate, just the surprise. I really did like that. Uh, I, I had some really good surprises from those Kinder Eggs, particularly in 82. The small Kinder Eggs, I think with the Nougat. Was it Nougat? Always much nicer. It was just curious to me anyway that it was the same brand name the same design different interior the same chocolate obviously much smaller but they decided to fill up the smaller chocolates i'd like to have sat in on that meeting 40 years ago when it came to release and the smaller versions i'd like to have seen how they arrived at that strategic decision on the toast not sure how it works so i get more toast from seb k i think that's clear to me now but he doesn't make it so he doesn't make it. It'll be the kitchen making it. So when he goes to the kitchen with my order, is he putting in a word for a, a more generous helping for me? If so, what does he say? I mean, it's a nice thought, but yeah, just just trying to work out why I get more toes from him. It's just, uh, just something I'd like to know. Not Mick arrived at 08.36 hours, saw me at his table, took over the four-seater under the wall-mounted TV by the wafting swing saloon doors. He unboxed his um, red laptop Seb K went up to his table mourning him decaf americano was all he got back from uh, not mick the uh, cafe's loose cannon doesn't do pleasantries i wonder if on seeing me again take his table and knowing how busy the cafe gets after 0900 hours on a saturday not mick might change his arrival time to earlier in an effort to compete for his de facto table at one point as i say he's, he does seem to be quite stressed with uh, his house move at the moment and he he was making sounds on saturday morning in the cafe that were being picked up you know i was by the rest of the cafe i was you know working away uh, by then i was on the laptop by the time he came in and you just hear ah ah Reminded me of the time I um, I was in the West Country for for a weekend and shared a room with a chin and just made a sound that I couldn't control. I don't know if I'd woken up from a bad dream, whatever. I'd started in my sleep and I just made a sound. I think I was drifting off and uh, the chin was thrown by that and it does take a lot to throw. Does O'Connor's number one fan. The cafe playlist that morning was very 1980s. The Pretenders, Dire Straits, Talk Talk, always welcome, a bit of Talk Talk. And uh, I left on Saturday. I was quite upbeat, actually, when I left on Saturday. You know, um, it's a bit of a sacrifice in that you're sacrificing sleep. It's a time when I could be resting. I'm spending more money by going there, but I'm doing it for the writing. I'm doing it because it's important uh, for me. So I was feeling good, feeling positive, and then I'm walking. Uh, I've got to go to Durning Library in Kennington to pick up a book, and I'm cutting through Dorset Road in SWA, really long road, mixture of social housing and, and some nice houses, classic South London where it's all a bit mixed up. And I suddenly hear this cartoon splat. Right away I knew what it was. I got hit by seagull guano as I was walking. Could have been worse, obviously. Could have been in my hand. I would have had to go home at that point. I had quite a bit to do on Saturday. So towards the bottom of Dorset Road, the Clapham Road end, I stopped off at a, at a, a pillar box and tried to clean as much off as I could, which just, I suppose, wasn't the right approach because it can stain 
everything a bit more. I really just needed to clean it off in one go when I got home, but I wasn't going to be traveling with all that guano on my uh, bag strap, the left bag strap and and the coat down the left side. It really did kill me. I had, as I said, a few errands to do, so there was no way I could go around with that on me. Had to clean it as best as I could. It really dampened my mood after a brilliant writing session. That's the worst I've been hit. And I found myself wondering why do these things happen to me when I'm feeling positive. And I had to take the coat off on that pillar box. And then the coat was so heavy as the winter coat, it fell to the floor. I started studying the ground. Was that, uh, you know, was that dried dog muck on the floor that, that the coat had landed on? The whole thing was just absolutely horrible. Really thorough cleaning when I got home. I had a lot of housework to do when I got home. I left it as the last thing to do. And until I managed to clean the coat and the bag, I couldn't really relax. I used antibacterial wipes. I used... Um, antibacterial spray i use washing up liquid i bought some cloths from asda i really went for it and i did a bit more cleaning of the winter coat on sunday yesterday i think it's going to take me a while before i can kind of forget it before the coat fills mine again i don't have the option to financially to take the coat to the dry cleaners i'm hoping i'm you know the stains are gone it's not the brightest flat, so it's hard to see. I'll probably notice when I'm walking uh, towards the cafe later. Don't know what that sound was. And uh, yeah, just really disappointing. Really uh, disappointing. So those are the cafe trips this week. Internet searches. Let's finish up with those. My internet searches this week. How to clean guano. Do spiders still die if rather than kill them, you throw them out of a top floor window? Whitney Houston, Dance with Somebody, 1987, Top of the Pops. This actually, um, another sound. This performance, it's not my, I mean, I wasn't necessarily a Whitney Houston fan. I thought she could sing, really good singer. Uh, But she was at her peak in 87. I didn't like this song, Dance with Somebody, but the live performance on Top of the Pops in, I think, July 87 was uh, extraordinary. And if you go to YouTube and you go to the comments section, a lot of people are disputing the fact that she's singing live. But she is singing live. And the proof is if you listen to the recorded version, the studio version, it is slightly different. So, uh, I mean, she could really sing. And she was almost as big as Madonna at that point. She was certainly Madonna's nearest rival. Okay, let's continue with internet searches. Porter versus Crawford, Teofimo Lopez versus Cambiosos or Cambiosos, The Smiths, Talib Quelli and High Tech, The Blast, Sherlock Holmes Pastiche, Sabucho Fest, Speakers Corner. Those are my searches this week. If you do want to get your own internet searches in, send them to uh, DRT available at westegg 1607 .co.uk. I think that's the address. I seem to have forgotten it. I'm not so certain now. I think that's it. I just don't get any emails. And that is it. Anyway, that is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. And at 10.02 at the start of the week, I have been available. 